The following podcast contains adult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to this interview episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. As usual, I am Gabe. And listeners, I have to be very honest with you today. This is the second time I have had the opportunity to interview Michael Campion from Fuller House. Because the first time, as I was transferring my files onto my new laptop, his interview disappeared. So, Michael, welcome to the show. How are you today, man? I'm doing fantastic. That's all right. You know, things happen. <laughs> right. It's funny the way the way, you know, new technology makes things so easy for us. Like I can talk to you on my computer while I'm recording it, then transfer the file over to Juan who lives in a different town and he can work on it while he's at work and all of that stuff. But if I transfer a folder onto a hard drive onto my laptop, things just go away <laughs> like it's it's funny technologies that is sensitive yeah double-edged sword honestly it, it, exactly so michael as we talked about last time fuller house is a, about this like amalgamation of like a big family coming back into like the full house tell me a little bit about what it was like working on the set with so many people and returning cast members and new cast members like how did that all play out for you well i feel like now more than ever i'm just reflecting back on how incredible it was because we had one of the, if not the most, like, comprehensive, like, chemistry-filled cast. I mean, we all love each other. And the fact that everyone was so humble and had so much respect for not only the cast, but the crew and everyone who worked on it was just astounding. I just felt like it was more than a TV show. It was it was uh, like a second family, for sure. That's awesome. And... So I remember from our last interview that that your your uh, process of getting on to the show was a little funky. Like you're not living in Hollywood like you don't have like that going on. So tell me a little bit about how you ended up on the cast of Fuller House. Right. I <laughs> it's kind of a crazy story. I I live in Florida, Orlando, Florida, actually. Um, I'm trying to move out here to, to California, but. At the time, I was 12, and I was living in Central Florida, like I said, and I had to do a self-tape, a series of self-tapes to get on to the show. And at first, I had done my first self-tape. It was for, like, an unnamed sitcom. They didn't give out the name. And I was like, okay, I did my audition, and I, and I left. And then I go again because they asked me to come back for a callback, and usually that's, you know, that's a pretty good sign, and I took it. And then I got the third time around, they asked me to, to put it on tape. And this time they gave me the name. It was Fuller House, like the sequel to Full House. And I was just in shock. I was like, this is insane. I can't believe I'm auditioning to be a DJ's son. And I sent it in. And then by the fourth one, they called me out to L.A. And I, they, they put me right there in the room. Like, I, I got picked up by, by a limousine. We had to sit in the janitor's closet of Warner Brothers until they actually opened the place because we got there at like an ungodly hour, like in the morning. And then I go into the room and like on the spot, they told me that I got the job. 
And then from there, it was like this 24-hour turnaround where we had to like live in L.A. all of a sudden. And I only packed for like two days. So I definitely was like wearing the same two outfits every day. And it, it was just like this. My, my entire life was flipped upside down, but in the best way possible, for sure. You spent five years like with Fuller House. Like that's that's a really big chunk. You know, you're you're a fairly young guy, so that's a fairly big chunk of your life. Now that now that it's over, like is there <laughs> like what what does it feel like? Is it satisfying that it was finished? Is there kind of like a little bit of a void because you're not going back to it? Like, you know, how how is it like walking away from such a, a large project? Let me tell you, it's a very strange mix of emotions because on one hand, I'm, I'm glad that I had this experience and obviously all good things come to an end. But on the other hand, you know, it's really sad. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy and I'm sad. It's, it's very bittersweet because I love them all and they're like my second family and I still get to see them around, but not having that every day. Uh, you know, I definitely could have gone for another season or maybe even, I don't know, like a Fuller House Christmas special or something. I think that would be great in the near future. That's awesome. Uh, that that would that seems like the kind of thing that Netflix would be great about. You know, they like they did the the Joe Exotic follow up. You know, after the the miniseries got so popular, the Tiger Tiger right, King. Right. You know, that sort of thing. So, speaking of of Christmas specials, uh, it sounds like right after uh, you wrapped with Fuller House, you were part of a pretty cool uh, Christmas special, but done live uh, in in uh, in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, right after Fuller House ended, I played the prince in Snow White. Uh, but it, it was <laughs> it, it, it's a different kind of play that that I was in. I mean, it was like a, it's like musical theater, but um, it's very interactive with the audience. I mean, it's generally pointed towards kids, but it's more like a like a family sort of thing. And like literally a day after uh, Fuller House wrapped, I flew out to North Carolina, and I just. It was the strangest transition because I went from this one thing to like a completely another thing. Although it was a nice little slope down into reality. So I didn't get like impacted all at once. It's like fuller houses of nothing. At least I had, you know, something to keep me occupied for a little bit and into the Christmas season and all that. So that was great. I, I cannot tell you how fun that experience was. I mean, seriously, I, I loved it so much and I would do it again. Everyone was great. I got to go to a different state for a while. Um, man, amazing people, and I just got to do what I love. I absolutely love acting. So, have you have you done like musical theater before? Is like that a a genre that you're familiar with acting in? Yeah, that's actually how I grew up. Um, I started in musical theater when I was five, and I just sort of fell in love with it. Um, although I'm not amazing at singing or anything, uh, I, that, that's how it was first introduced to me. So. You know, how, you know, knowing the process and what goes on and dress rehearsals and things definitely wasn't new to me. And Fuller House um, is a sitcom. And sitcoms are kind of formatted like plays, especially when they're done in front of a live audience. Hmm. So even that wasn't too far off from, you know, what I experienced with at Snow White. That's awesome. So 
So the last time we talked, we talked a little bit about like new media and like the idea of like YouTube shows and streaming shows because you're on a YouTube uh, channel called Bratz limited series called Red Ruby, which is a, a show about vampires. Tell me a little bit about the differences between working on like a sitcom that, you know, has a, you know, a background in a, a huge show, like, a, I mean, a cultural touchstone, you know, here in the States versus working on something that is, you know, released in that new media format, like of YouTube and just kind of this, this kind of lighter uh, budgeted and less backgrounded story like what are the differences working between the two yeah it's definitely different and not in a bad way at all i just have never done anything like that before um although i thoroughly enjoyed it 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 was you know single cam and single cam is way different than multi-cam uh you know you have longer work days you don't really have a consistent schedule but the acting generally is is more intense um it's a lot more thorough and that was my favorite part of the whole thing. And as for it being on YouTube um, or whatnot, the filming process wasn't any different. Uh, but it is a bit strange to have something like that be on YouTube. And it's not that I'm not for any, you know, new media content or anything. I think it's great that, you know, it's so accessible for, for new people. But, um, you know, capitalizing on, on something like this market and making it into, like, a legitimate business uh, is so, it's so new to me. And, you know... It's it's not so bad. I don't think I I don't think it's terrible. But I mean, personally, I'm I'm a I'm a film and TV kind of guy. I like you know that it feels higher quality to me. It feels like people put more time and effort. And um, you know, for some like lower budget things, uh, people can just pump out a lot of a lot of content. And that that really is the is the downfall for YouTube because a lot of people just and I'm not talking about Brad specifically. I'm talking about just in general. Um, they take that and. Uh, point it towards um, kids and kids you know they just watch anything and since YouTube is like free they just rake in a lot of money so it points people in the wrong direction and I feel like it gets overpopulated with with content that that isn't it's not it's not high quality that's basically what i'm trying to say yeah that that makes a ton of sense like it like like you said it's easy to make a youtube video it's not easy to make quality television you know it's it's something that takes time and effort and and you know frankly a lot of money in a lot of cases so you're right like churning out youtube videos of kids playing with toys is very different than like making a scripted television series Right, and I, I think that Brat is going in the right direction. I mean, they, they definitely have a lot more funding, and, um, you know, it is pointed towards uh, kids and stuff like that. Uh, so it's not so bad. I mean, hey, if this is, you know, the future, then I say, personally, I, I would like to see maybe like an in-between platform. Uh, obviously, Net- Netflix is, is closer, but maybe like a, like a few notches down from Netflix so creators can make content but not quite as easily as, like a like um, independent film uh, festivals, but you know maybe something online. I'd love to see something like that. Oh, that's a that's a really cool idea. You should run with that. <laughs> you would probably make. Um, <laughs> I'd love to. Seriously. You'd probably make wheelbarrows full of money, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you. 
every, every time I see, you know, your your sheet about things that we can talk about, because it's kind of like the third time I've seen it, it seems like there's something new on there. Like you're you're very like engaged in the things around you. You're very engaged in like in being interested and being curious and things, at, which is you know, something that I really value in my own children, which you're kind of in that age range, sorry <laughs> to say, because <laughs> it's always weird right. inter- interviewing people in your age range, because I feel like I'm talking to my daughter, <laughs> you know, and try not to lecture. <laughs> but um, so last time we talked about you being a magician and like the work that you've done at the Magic Castle, which is amazing. But I see here that that they've added that you're also super interested in computer hacking and cybersecurity. Do you think those two interests are kind of born out of the same idea, like molding and shaping things in a way that maybe like people don't understand or in a way that people find quote unquote magical? I, I'm so sorry. You kind of cut out there for uh, just a second. You said it, it's born out of the idea of, of what I, that, that, that was cut out. Oh, okay. Like, do you think it's like born out of like your desire to like create something out of nothing or make things that other people will find like magical because like illusionists, you know, they're creating what appears to be magic and what appears to be something out of nothing. And that's very similar to like how hacking and cybersecurity works. Like, to the to the untrained eye, that can look like magic. D- does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. Okay, I I, I get it now. Um, yeah, so I'm I, I'm really interested in like information security. That's always been cool to me, especially the side of like you know um, securing people from uh, phishing attacks. And I I think that um, in my position, you know, it kind of stems from. Well, first of all, I'm I consider myself. A good actor. Like, I have had a lot of experience. So anything that has to do with acting, you know, whether it be, like, theater, film, uh, magic, you know, uh, uh, cyber security, because cyber security, is like, the, the reason it appeals to me so much um, uh, is because, oh, gosh, I mean, there, there, there's nothing like, like that moment when you um, fool someone. And that's what I love about magic is that, A, I get to um, be seen as, like, this, yeah, like, like that, oh, he's the guy who can do this really cool thing. But it also has, like, this magical experience for them. And that's, and, and they'll never forget that. They'll never forget the, the guy who, who made the pen appear out of thin air. Uh, and that, that, first of all, that's really cool to me is that I can make them, them happy. Um, I always like to do something practical with my acting skills. And I feel like magic is, is a very practical um, way to uh, apply that because I'm not very, like, technically inclined. Uh, it's all more performance based for me i could take a very simple magic trick and um even make that into like like a show i feel like i was just born you know a- able to perform and, and act and do stuff like that uh but for cybersecurity, the, the the appeal to me is the ability to use my acting skills to like protect people and it also kind of has that element of of magic in it because um you know i'm i'm exploiting these these human uh vulnerabilities that people have no idea about like uh, you know, and magic. You know, there's like misdirection uh, and 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 uh, and showing things that that aren't true. And I feel like I get to do that, but in a completely different way. I get to use those same principles, but to you know secure and like actually help companies. I think that's one of the coolest jobs in the world, honestly. 
That's that's pretty cool. Like it's it's interesting to me how how the two kind of seem to mesh together. Like it, it you know, it, it says a lot about about who you are as a person that you have those two fascinations. You know, and it, it it leads me to believe that you're you're like curious and like interested in like learning and finding new things out. That's that's pretty cool. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So you have a lot of acting under your belt already for such a young guy. What do you think, like, as you get older, would be, like, some of the more challenging things that you might have to approach as an actor? The more challenging things I might have to face as an actor? You mean, like, on the business side of things or, or like, no, um, more, more like, like using my acting skills? More like on the acting side. Like, is there a role that you would like to engage with because you know it will be difficult? Oh right, right, right. Okay, like a like like a challenge. Okay, I understand. Um, yeah, for sure. I you know after Fuller House, I I really wanted to do more dramatic type roles, um, especially feature films. I haven't done a feature film in a long time, and it's such a refreshing experience because you get to do something new every day. Uh, although I love the the consistency of Fuller House. Um, you know, I'd love to, to use way more of my acting range. Um, like a dramatic feature film, that would be great. I feel like somewhere down the line, my like little kid imagination dream, I would love to be in some kind of crazy action movie. Now that's, that's nothing to do with my acting skills, but I think that would just be like, I was like, I know I've made it as an actor now that I have this action movie under my belt. That's always been super cool to me, but, uh, I, I really like playing, um, uh, 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 like emotionally distant characters, um, emotionally challenged. You know, they they got something going on, something really interesting to them. Or like villains. Oh, I'd love to play a villain. That would be that. Like villains are always so interesting to me, especially when they're like played right. And I know I could do it justice. I I have that little thing in my mind, and like 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 the little evil thing that I can channel. I know because <laughs> I have with magic and hacking, and just a little mischievous. Uh, devil, I can I can portray that with. You know what I'm saying? So are we are we looking forward to you as a Bond villain in the future? That's what you're saying. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that is the dream role <laughs> to be a Bond <laughs> villain. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you heard it here first, fans. <laughs> when <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> You know, you you work a lot in Los Angeles because you're an actor, but you live in Florida. How how in the world does that work out? <sighs> Man, I ask myself the same question. Honestly, it, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's 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 difficult. I have to be honest with you. It's not it's not easy going back and forth all the time. Um, I'm really trying to slow that down. I'm really trying to stay here. Uh, in fact, we just got a, a lease on a house for like a whole year. So I'll be here definitely at, at least through um, next year. But, you know, I, Florida is great and that's where all my family is. But, you know, out here is where I want to be. And whenever I go back, it just feels like a vacation now. It doesn't really feel like, like home necessarily because this is where all my opportunities are. And uh, I'm actually going back. Um, on Monday, I'm going to be there for an entire month and a half since not much is going on out here for uh, acting wise. I'm just taking some time to like you know be with my family 
Um, but it's, it's less hard on me because I, I have sort of an escape. I have something here. But, uh, you know, it's more like on, on my parents because they have to sacrifice so much. Uh, you know, my, my mom is out here with me. And sometimes, like, my dad trades places with her. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll all go back together. Sometimes they'll both be out here at the same time. So there isn't really, like, a standardized way that we handle it. It's really like a case-by-case thing. Um, on Fuller House, we had a bit more consistency, so we knew when I had breaks and when I didn't. But now it's just like you don't know what's going to happen. You, you know, you don't know if I, I could get a job and then fly to Oklahoma or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's kind of a tough question to answer, but that's that's where I'm at. You know, it's it's funny that you say Oklahoma because I literally just talked to an actor in Oklahoma that did a production in Texas. You know, so it's it's interesting. You know, we we tend to think of you know as as consumers of pop culture, we tend to think of movies being made in Hollywood. But but as I interview like more and more people, I I come to realize that things get filmed all over the place like and you can you can make your way as an actor from many many different places in the country and that's that's pretty cool to me yeah it's great and i you know that that really opens up a lot of opportunities for very skilled actors that otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity so i mean i'm glad that we're going in that direction but um you know obviously hollywood is is where everything is at i mean <laughs> if, if you're not like staying out here uh, for longer periods of time, it's definitely harder, uh, you know, because you can't go to events, you can't, you know, network as easily. Uh, so it's a little bit more challenging, but, you know, it's definitely doable. So as we kind of get towards the end of the the interview, the last time we talked, like, the coronavirus had, like, everything, like, shut down, shut down. And things are starting to get a little more open, and more and more of the people that we talk to on the show have some things coming up. Are there some things that, that we can look forward to from you yet, or are we still kind of in that trying to find, you know, find our way through this phase? Yep. Um, that's where I'm at. I... <laughs> Unfortunately, don't have any projects coming up. Um, fortunately, though, uh, in in the, in the past couple of weeks, I've gotten several auditions, so that's 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 a good sign for uh, production starting up. Um, usually, they like when I look at the breakdowns, they're starting several months uh, in the future. Um, the earliest one I saw was August, but most of them are like September, October. So, hey, seriously, fingers crossed. Nothing yet, but I have a good feeling. Something's going to happen. <laughs> right. You know, and that's that's kind of what we're hearing from everybody is either they've gotten a lot of calls or they have like one thing lined up. Like nobody's like nobody's rushing to the gate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like nobody's too right. super eager to to make those jumps into. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting thing, too, is that everyone's on a level playing field now. Like. Mm-hmm. No one, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. isn't doing anything. I'm not doing anything. It, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird, like, humbling experience for everyone. Um, although it's not, definitely not ideal. You know, we, we, we want to be working and all that. But it, it, it's, a, it's a strange sensation. And ask any actor, they'll, they'll say the same thing, for sure. Right. <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know, 
it, it, it's funny that that kind of mode that being shut down put all of us in. Like, I think a lot of people found inventive ways to like make money and work from home. You know, a lot of actors found inventive ways to like keep active while not necessarily having something, you know, professionally lined up. It's, it's pretty interesting to see like, you know, how this is kind of put everybody in a place where we all have to be a little more creative. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, fingers crossed. I hope things lighten up here soon. Of course, everyone does. But, you know, in the meantime, to everyone else, please, please stay safe. <laughs> right. <And laughs> I wish you luck. <laughs> right. So finally, so that our listeners can, you know, find you and keep track of you. And when you have new stuff coming out, we can we can learn about that, too. How can people find you on on the Internet, on social media? Well, um, I'm active on two social media platforms. Um, my main one is uh, Michael Campion on Instagram. And the next one is uh, underscore Michael Campion on Twitter. So go ahead and check me out there. That's awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for for your time a second time, and thank you so much for just <laughs> just giving us a lot of a lot of laughs. My my wife's been enjoying Fuller House quite a bit, and you know it gives me a chuckle there every, every once in a while, even though my main focus is watching creepy gore movies. So, <laughs> but right, right. <laughs> but thank you, thank you so much for your time, man. We really appreciate it, and I hope I hope you the best of luck because you're such a young guy and you have so much amazing potential going for you well thank you so much i appreciate that and um yeah best of luck to you on the podcast man <laughs> thanks Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Walks podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albi is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren space production. <laughs>